welcome to Read, Watch, Play. I'm Justin. I'm Cleo. I'm James. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about the horror game Until Dawn. Uh, so, this, it's it's an adventure game at its heart, and it's a heavily narrative-focused game that's really inspired by the um, like 80s slasher movies. Like It's a group of teenagers who are all together in a... Uh, cabin uh, in the mountains and there's like crazy murders and oh my god shit's happening it's it's a total send-up of of those kinds of your your friday the 13th and nightmare on elm streets and and that kind of stuff uh but yeah i don't know what did you guys think yeah i mean i loved it um I mean, I had problems with it, but I generally just, I really enjoyed playing it. I sat down to start playing a little bit of it just to, like, see what it was like, and then I'd play the rest of it later. And then I finished the game, and it was past midnight, and I hadn't really realized that that had happened, uh, which is kind of rare for me. I don't usually do that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, if you enjoy horror games, I mean, this, this, or horror movies even, this is kind of... um, people talk about it as being an interactive movie as well as being a game, It's which I definitely understand. Yeah, more so than a lot of games, this really is just very much an interactive movie. It's all choices and quick-time events, and, you know, that's that's kind of it. A little bit of exploration for some puzzle-solving or uh, mystery-solving, I guess. Yeah, it's... Um... A lot of games throw around the term cinematic, and I think that this just changes that. You know, the next time anything else calls itself cinematic, it it's like, well, but you know, until dawn. But yeah, I oh, I don't know how I feel about this game. Just, I, just get it all out there, James. All right. So the important thing to to say first is that I'm I'm just a huge baby, and I could not finish it. I. Not because it was, it was, I, I guess it was challenging in a certain way in <laughs> that, uh, I, I got into like the first proper chapter and I was too freaked out. I couldn't do it. I, I felt really bad cause I knew we were recording this. I had started early. I was so ready and I so wanted to like this game. I still really want to like this game. Um, and actually earlier you made a really good point that, uh, I think that I do really like this game. <laughs> Even though I hate the experience of playing it, <laughs> I f- was totally freaked out. And a few things that were frustrating, but not – that that I kind of told myself were why I wasn't going to play it. But no, that wasn't true. I, it, I was too scared. And I think that's actually, like, really good, right? Like, it says something about this game. I – I don't do really well with, like, jump scares and stuff like that. I like much more atmospheric stuff. Uh, We were talking about It Follows. I think that that does a great job with that. Uh, This was just the total opposite. Uh, (laughs) It does a great job with what it is, but I could not. I couldn't. Um, I went and I learned a lot about the game. I watched Let's Plays and stuff like that. Uh, Not all the way through, but, like, chunks and stuff. I understand that I didn't even get to the game by a lot of you, you got to a, 
I mean, you get to pl- experience the beginning of the game. You got the you got the gist, yeah, of how most of the game would go. Yeah, I I got to feel the gameplay, and that was all really nice. But I, it's yeah. <laughs> Just thinking so, about it, it gives you chills. Yeah, I I don't know. I we can talk about this more as we go, but I would say this is this is effective if if you don't normally go in for for scary stuff. I thought that I'd be able to get away with it because scary games often aren't that scary, right? You can kind of get through and at a certain point it sort of turns into a video game and you're like, oh yeah, I I know video games. I can do this. Yeah, this one didn't. This one was this one was all about giving you that scary experience. <laughs> and yeah, well, it worked. I can say uh if anybody feels similarly to James and thinks they can't or won't play this game, uh, if you can play it in a group, which is generally a better way to experience horror movies too, uh, can highly recommend it. Um, I have several friends who really don't do horror, and the way I played this game was getting a bunch of people together to all hang out and like play the game in one sitting and experience the whole story together. And so friends who don't, typically like horror we're able to come to this thing and like experience it without feeling the same like pressures and terrifying feelings and i think that that's actually a doubly good point for games um and if we want to take a second to talk about scary games in general i i was talking with someone a little while ago and they were they were genuinely surprised when i described a scary game um and then they thought about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, games are, games are like movies. Graphics are getting better. I could see how it could be scary. And it, I thought what was interesting was they just kind of missed what makes scary games scary. Um, I think one of the ways that games can be so effective with that is specifically what happened to me here, where when I watch a scary movie or something, something like that, and I feel like something scary is going to happen. I can close my eyes. I can look away. I can pretend I have to go to the bathroom, anything like that. And, you know, I, I have this, this you know, set of tools for avoiding scary things. Yeah. But when I'm playing a game like this, I can get up and go to the bathroom and come back, and the game hasn't progressed because <laughs> I left it alone. So I still have to deal with whatever was coming, and I think that, that's a way that games can be really affected with this. Um, and probably a big part of why I probably should have tried to experience this in a group so I could see the whole thing and, you know, get up and leave when I was really kind of freaking out. Right. But I don't know. How many do you guys, I know you just didn't play a lot of horror games kind of in this, in that kind of context that you were describing with a lot of other people. Um, and I know you really enjoy scary games as well, right? Cleo. Yeah. I mean, there's some that I can't really, I mean, because jump scares do get to me too. I don't know, I can't quite place what it is about Until Dawn that was like, totally, I was okay with it. Like, I was okay with the jump scares. Like, they startled me, but maybe not as much as, like, the jump scares in Outlast did. Um, but there was never a point where I was like, this is too much for me, which is, you know, I with a lot of horror games, I get to that point, And I'm like, okay, I have to watch a Let's Play now. But I was okay with Until Dawn for some reason. Maybe just because I was having so much fun and it was so much like these teen slasher kind of flicks that I loved watching. And it was, you know, there's there's like a humorous element to it, to parts of it. 
And also, I know, I know what one of the major thing was. It's that you never have to run. The game runs for you, and you have to do the quick time events. And I'm better with the quick time events than I am with like <laughs> trying to get someone to run. Like an Outlast, if I have to crawl through a space and like physically like get to that space with the controller, I'm gonna fuck it up, and the thing's gonna get to me. Or if I like have to like hide in a locker, I'm gonna accidentally slam the door shut so loud that everything within like a mile radius will hear it. Uh, but, but until dawn, you're never you never have to run. The game like it does it for you, and you just have to like hit triangle button when it tells you to which i'm not great at but i'm better at that than i am at running i was definitely surprisingly bad at that there (laughs) there was at least one character who died just because i messed up too many of those button presses in one sequence whoops and that actually brings up something that's supposed to be really one of the big selling points for this game if, if you're not familiar with it but that uh you have this cast of characters it's something like eight characters um and any combination, including all eight, can live or die uh, based on the choices that you make. And they do a really, a really intricate thing where a lot of small choices that you make that don't necessarily seem like they would affect something else do have these broader implications. They, you know, it's this big whole butterfly effect system. Did you yeah, guys feel that that was? Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, that was like that's one of the first things when you boot up the game that the game presents you with it's like this butterfly butterfly graphic and it's like any small choice you make could have like a horrendous effect later on and or they just beat effect. you over the head with it for the rest of the game yeah and as soon as i saw that i thought of the ashton kutcher movie yep me too yes. i was like shit that's not like i'm not gonna like this um and some of them you know will have a more obvious effect like this is good this is bad other ones are going to be totally arbitrary, and I'm like, which is, you know, they want to make the game have a high replayability factor, which it does, because, you know, you it's easy to kind of mess something up or choose something that seems totally fine, and then it, you know, gets someone killed later. Um, so, yeah, I've played it through it about, you know, twice. Well, I played through it once completely, and then the other time I started around, like, chapter two, because once you complete a chapter, you can go back and play from that chapter or just play that chapter again. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, and chapter one's just a prologue anyway, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is like, there are things you can unlock by collecting all the objects that you can find. Like, there are several sets of clues, and then there are the totems that you can pick up, which kind of act as like a hint system about choices you can make. But not a very good hint system. Not at all. Like. They basically just like, uh, they give you these like very limited peaks at how characters could die, and you're and, not like, oh, if you do this, then this will happen. It's just like here is a very like a two second clip of someone falling to their death. Yeah, and then there's someone clear. Sometimes you're like, wait, who was that? The yeah. only one that was ever, the only one that we saw that was ever useful was one character like, uh, like opens a lighter and lights it, and like lights himself on fire or something like like there's like gas in the air or something i mean we don't know because we never hit that point that made that thing happen but we're like oh if he ever tries to pull out a liar don't do that and like that was the only time we were able to employ something and we didn't even run into the circumstance where it would have mattered yeah because there are different types of they're like death totems which predict the character who you're playing because you switch between perspectives yeah um yeah death totem has to do with how your character, the character you're playing right now, 
could die. Then there's like lost totems, which is how one of your friends could die. There are fortune totems. There are danger totems. And yeah, I think it was just the four. The, the guidance, danger totems no, are like five guidance totems, which like tell you what to do. I don't know. They were all kind of useless. Yeah, they're, like realistically, they're not actually helpful. My yeah, my memory was that all of them were basically uh, here's a way that someone could die. Three out of the five. Yeah. yeah. And that even the other two were like, oh, yeah, here's a way that you might have good fortune, which is to say you won't die. Yeah. You know. And that's – yeah, it's like here's – the fortune totems are like, here's how you won't die. Yeah. And the guidance totems are like, here's a thing you should check out because maybe it will lead you on a path where you don't die. Yeah. Yeah. It's – I don't know. It's it mechanically um, very similar to Heavy Rain. Yes. Mm. But like well-written and acted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's a, we have some, there's some uncanny valley shit going on. Well, especially because they use three, like, pretty known ish actors at this point. One, like, very well known. Yeah, uh, Hayden Panettiere, is that her name? I, I, I always mess up her last name. I think it's Panettiere, but I've heard Panettiere, Panettiere. The cheerleader doesn't from matter. Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. That that girl, Hayden and then the guy from Mr. Robot, uh, and uh, Brett Dalton, who is pretty much only known for playing Agent Grant Ward on Marvel's Agents of Shield. Yeah. So we tried but, to uh, kill him the whole time. Yeah, you, Ward. I know there were some characters who were not likable at all. Um, of course, Mike wasn't actually a not likable character. That's the thing. Like in terms of the characters in that, like he was. He's kind of an asshole, but not like not so much so asshole. that you, yeah, not like so much so that he's actually that bad of a person. And he's kind of smart, shows some genuine like care, and you you could root for him. We just really don't like his character on Agents of Shield, so we were trying to kill him all the time. Uh, yeah, but Mike, his character, and uh, Hayden Panettiere's character are actually guaranteed to live until the end. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. found this out after the fact. If you purposely want to kill them, sorry. <laughs> you have to wait until the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's, I like, I mean, choice and consequence in video games sometimes goes horribly wrong, where it's like, you're presented with a choice as if it's going to totally change the game. And then it just kind of does it. Like, you end up in the same place anyway. And that yeah. happens to a degree here. It does, you know, like... Yeah, because, I mean, it has an end point that you're ultimately yeah. going to get to no matter what. Yeah, like, this, the, the sequence of scenes does not change. It's kind of... And even if you do save a character, like, there was one... I'll, I'll leave the details of this to the spoiler section, but there was a character who I got killed because I just wasn't... My, my aim was not true. <laughs> and I fucked up. Um, and, he, and they got killed. And... So my second playthrough, I just kept repeating that one chapter until they lived. Um, and then they were just kind of barely a part of the story after that because they had written that part of the game so that it could do with or without them. It wouldn't be a big deal. Makes sense. Um, and I was kind of disappointed about that because if I say if I go through that much trouble to save someone's ass, <laughs> I want them to be present in the story. Yeah, I know that that's something that it, a lot of games are really trying to explore that space. Um, and I know that that kind of description of it, you know, you have like these defined points 
so it feels like you're not necessarily doing that much to guide the story. Like that's something that Telltale games deal with a lot. This yeah. kind of like coloring book idea that it's everyone has the same picture, but you've filled it in differently. Um, that I not not my example from someone else who I can't remember right now. Um, <laughs> I want to say Greg Miller, but anyway. Uh, it's something that a lot of people are trying to deal with. And I know that a lot of people had said that until Dawn does a really good job with it and other people felt differently. Do you think that it kind of comes down to just if, if that character died, then it feels like they did a really good job because you don't have this character who then sticks around afterwards, who doesn't really do much because they could be dead. I mean, I I guess I would have to, I mean, almost everybody died in mine, so <laughs> it's hard to hard to really say. I mean, that's I could see that as a definite sticking point that they could get better at uh, in future games, whether they're horror or not. Uh, but I guess there was there was one character who I'm fairly sure could have and should have died at a point that didn't, uh, <laughs> and seemed present after the fact i guess this is way too specific to be talking about right now so i know that uh you just this kind of choice and consequence is something that you see in a lot of games not just stuff like telltale games but also things like uh bioware games kind of very famously um where that's that's really the that's really a lot of the shtick um one thing that i had happened to me in this that i know happens in a bunch of bioware stuff uh is you're kind of presented with these options, then they're not necessarily clear what they actually represent. Mm. Um, a lot of times in something like Mass Effect or Dragon Age, it'll just be kind of like a, oh, like, I agree, I disagree. And I'll pick like, oh, I disagree. And my, you know, commander chef will just be like, fuck you, I hate you, you're wrong. Like, oh, well, that's not what I <laughs> it's not really what I meant. Um, it's like, oh, well, that's not really what I wanted to say. But I know that I... I'll say this. I feel like anything that I actually experienced in this game is not really a spoiler just because I bailed out pretty fast. Um, but so right pretty close to when I stopped was I was um, I had just gotten to the mines and I was thinking about this because it was with Mike's character and his girlfriend and um, they're going through and the options were like jump down or be cautious. I was like, oh, be cautious. That sounds good. And it turns out be cautious is like in encourage your girlfriend to go into a scary mine alone i was like oh <laughs> christ that's not what i wanted it's like no i thought it was like push the mine cart back so i can get down by climbing on it not push the mine cart so you can go alone and we'll split up but as one as one as i i know it was one of the last things i experienced because it it created a scary situation for me um and i am just a wimp but were there any other moments where that happened to you guys? I mean, if they're specific enough, we can we can put them off. But do you ever feel like there were situations like that where you wanted to pick one thing and that just wasn't what you wanted? The the only one that's really coming to mind right now is literally the last choice in the game. So I'm not going to bring it. it up. But makes sense. There was one that I can think of. Yeah, there's just I felt I just felt like in general, kind of I had to be cautious because I knew from Bioware games like you could actually end up saying something completely different in a completely different tone than you want to. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, there was one thing that I guess was more of a butterfly effect thing than, like, a... Well, I guess it's all butterfly effect stuff, but... Uh, that's kind of deep enough into the game that I should probably save it. Sounds good. Well, so it sounds like... Yeah, we should just cut it up against. Yeah. So, um, next month, we're going to try another themed month. Uh, we're going to go with the, the classic theme of kids killing kids. Um, so... We're going to be reading the Hunger Games and watching Battle Royale, but specifically applicable here, we're going to be playing Danganronpa, Trigger a Happy Havoc. Uh, it's kind of a weird game. Uh, it's, well, I mean, I'll, I'll just say it's, it's about kids killing kids. Um, it's, it should be a lot of fun to come back and, and talk about. So we're going to try something a bit, a bit out there. If you're interested, please come on back. Uh, but I think for now, if you're looking for Until Dawn spoilers, if it seems like it would be too scary for you and you just don't want to play it and you want to find out what happens, you're in the right place. Um, if you'd like to play it first, then now would be the time to stop. Yeah, and if you are going to play it, I definitely recommend doing the first playthrough blind, like without knowing like what any of your decisions are going to do to these poor people. Um, yeah, that's how you should play the first time around and then you can look at a walkthrough for the second and potentially third depending on how much you mess up (laughs) all right so spoiler break matt Uh, Matt. fucking matt (laughs) he just he just doesn't want to live i guess so okay he's the one black guy in this game and there's just like that trope about how black characters can't live in a horror universe (laughs) (laughs) so is this the is this your choice this is, yeah, so it apparently has to do with the stupid flare. Okay, so first time, I let Emily have the flare gun, because I'm like, why should I just give it to this dude? Like, I, Emily can use it just as well when she needs to. Yeah. Why would she give it away? And so she kept it, and apparently that got Matt killed. He got, you know, his head, he got put on a hook. Yep. Yeah, he gets lifted and just, like, right down on the hook. Put on a damn hook. And then second time around, I was like, okay, I read something about how he has to have the flare gun in order to shoot the thing so he won't be put on a hook and he's gonna live so i gave him the flare gun and he immediately shoots it off which is like no you're supposed to save that (laughs) why did you do that i didn't tell you to do that and apparently it is this tiny little butterfly effect thing where he has to disagree with emily about whether um they should go to the radio tower he has to be like no i don't want to do that and for some reason, if he says that, then he won't fire the flare gun immediately when he gets it, and he'll have it to, like, save himself. Also, the second time around when I played it and he died anyway, it didn't show a death animation. It didn't show him dying. They just, like, just he, his body, like, appeared towards the end when, like, you see everyone who died, like, hanging in the mines. And I was like, Weird. when did you die? <laughs> like, when did that happen? No, the game didn't tell me that that happened. That's bizarre. Because it's simply Josh is like, oh, I didn't mean to. I didn't want this. And I was like, I didn't either. I specifically <laughs> did these things so this wouldn't happen. But, yeah, so there are some things like that that are a little frustrating where I'm just like, this is so 100% arbitrary, like not even a hint that this would do that. I like with butterfly effect type things, I like there to be at least a small hint where later I'll be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that does make some sense. So I have to, my third playthrough, I'm going to have to, it's, everyone's going to live. And then I killed Mike at the end also by accident because I just, first time I just, like, I just 
clearly fucked up. I, I just chose the wrong thing by accident. Second time around, it was because, you know, you have those don't move parts of the game yeah. where you have to hold the controller completely still mm-hmm. or, or else, like, you'll get the attention of whatever's trying to kill you. And I just, like, my hands were so, so shaky by that part of the second playthrough <laughs> that, like, oh, what's Hayden's character's name again? I can't remember. Sam. Sam. Yeah, Sam just, like, messed up and got Mike killed. Yeah, that's actually one of only two ways to get him killed. Fun fact. What's the other way? Uh, the fire. So oh, the, yeah, no, he, yeah, he died in the explosion because he just, like, was unconscious because the Wendigo, like, smashed his head against something. Oh, yeah, okay. So what happened to me, right? I made it to the end with, like, a decent cast left. It was... <sighs> It was Sam and Mike and Chris and Ashley and Emily. And I'm at the you know, final sequence and Mike has like busted up the the light bulb and the gas, you know, is out and, and all that jazz. And the Wendigo's got him and you're playing as Sam and you've got the option to go save Mike or to run and hit the light switch. I'm like, alright, fuck Mike. And I ran and hit the light switch. And right before this, Chris had, like, ducked out of the house and gone out a door that he was, like, right next to. But everybody else was still in the house. And I figure if Sam takes off running toward the light switch, other people are going to leave the house. No, 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 no. So (laughs) Sam runs and hits the light switch as she, like, runs out the door. And everybody else dies. What? Uh, Yeah, the explosion just kills everybody else in the house. And uh, so ju- in my playthrough, just Sam and Chris survived <laughs> because at the very end, I made like the wrong decision. I mean, I guess all to get Mike. Yeah. All to kill Mike. <laughs> uh, I also, there's only one way for uh, Josh to live. So what happened to Josh in your playthrough? Okay, so the first time around, I didn't get all the, I didn't collect all the clues, right? The 1952 clues, the uh, twins clues, and then the mystery man clues. So right. he gets um, a, uh, killed by the Wendigo, who's actually his sister. Oh, he just straight up gets killed. He gets killed. His head gets crushed. Okay. Um, and then second time around, I collected everything, including the totems, and so he gets turned into a Wendigo. That's like the little scene at the at the end after the credits, I think. So he turned into a Wendigo in mine, but we did not collect everything. And what I had heard was that if you do collect everything, he can not become a Wendigo. Really? Because I collected everything. So maybe it maybe, also maybe I, maybe has to do with Maybe everyone has to live. Maybe yeah. everyone has to live and you have to collect everything. That I think that might be the case. But yeah, because it is possible for the entire cast to survive, including Josh, I think. When it comes down to it, I don't think you ever get to play as Josh. You do for brief periods. Oh yeah, there's there's at least one section I'm thinking of where he's like... That comes out of a cave wall. Yeah. James uh, is probably like, what the fuck? I've seen, <laughs> I've, I've seen some of these, not all. I had not seen the pig head. The big thing that I know, as far as Josh goes, the the harder thing was I didn't spend enough time with the game to remember to attach all the faces to the right names. Right. Um, Josh is the brother who kind of calls everyone back up to the mountain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kept getting him confused with the the guy who Sam meets when they're coming up together. 
Um, right, that's Chris. Chris, yeah. I don't know why, for whatever reason, those are the two that I just mix up. Yeah, I was I was like that with Chris and Matt, just because they're such generic names. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we had, you know, a wealth of unique names with Josh, Chris, Matt, Mike, Emily, Ashley, Ashley yeah. Sam. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the idea. They're supposed to just be like, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. it's hard to separate them. Yeah, exactly. Just like generic, like blank slate characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but so that was one thing though that I found was that like he's he's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Josh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you find enough of the clues, you realize that like it wasn't just the death of his twin sisters. No, that, that he was like that, on meds, right? Yeah, and it's just and like I think it was Hannah who was like worried about him because she found out that he was like having some psychiatric problems that were pretty bad. Makes sense. And so then like that's like why he wanted everyone to come back to this this like cabin on the mountain was he's just like going nuts uh, yeah, he yeah he was nuts and wanted to get revenge yeah. on everyone for like his yeah. sister's dying not yeah. by like killing everyone but just by scaring them and having yeah, them feel like them. as awful as his sisters did before they died and that's like that and speaking of this one of the things that i was most excited about t- towards the beginning of the game that ended up becoming kind of probably the biggest disappointment for me was the character of dr hill Mm. who, who yeah, is the shrink, right? You see, after the very intro, like, kind of prologue, where, you know, this where this prank um, goes wrong, and Hannah just becomes, like, it's so ashamed that she, like, takes her shirt off to try to, like, get with Mike, and everybody else is in the room, and it was all a setup, which is really awful. Like, that is, like, a really awful thing to do, and they kind of just act a little bit, like, whatever about it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so... Beth is the other sister? Beth and Hannah? Hannah yeah. and... Yeah, Beth and Hannah. Yeah. And so they die, right? And then at, right after that, you see Dr. Hill speaking seemingly to you, the player, saying things like about your game and what kind of choices you're going to make and does this picture of a scarecrow and a barn frighten you? Why does it frighten you? It's like a kind of a psychoanalyst thing going on. And the immediate thing, the first thing I thought was, okay, so this game is going to, like, tailor itself to the things that are I'm freaked out by. Like, yeah. the story is going to change pretty, like, drastically based on this, because I was hopeful. I should have known better. But it ended up just being kind of, like, the things you say to Dr. Hill just kind of affect some of the minor jump scares. Like, what what's going to pop up at you? Like, is it a scarecrow or is it a zombie? Yeah. Um, and... I don't know. I just, like, I had been hoping for this kind of very meta... I love it when games fuck with me. Like, if the, like there's some <laughs> games... God, what's the game that, like, it'll turn it, the system off and, like... All That's the, Eternal Darkness. It's Eternal Darkness, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, I, I just... Metal Gear. Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear, yeah. yeah. Metal Gear Solid and Eternal Darkness. Like, I just... I don't know. I just think I was expecting something like that. I was expecting to be more freaked out by the idea that there's this character in a game who's speaking directly to, like, me, the player. And then it ended up that he was just talking to Josh the entire time. He's just a hallucination, and nothing that, like, you say to him really matters that much. That's so disappointing. Because I was so excited for that. Yeah. I want a game that's, like, going to specifically... And that's the other thing, right, is that this game kind of tries to cover too many horror genres at once like it tries to have a supernatural thing and then they're like oh no that was just josh with his like father who's a filmmaker and fancy equipment trying to like scare them and then it's like oh it's also a slasher but it ends up being josh and he wasn't really dead when you like try to kill and then at the end it's like actually it was a wendigo 
Yeah, it did seem to be, from what I'd read, just kind of like all over the board. Because when I stopped, you still have the guy who turns out to be like the Wendigo hunter. Yeah. Um, kind of showing up in scary moments, and he's got like a big old knife, and he's like behind people, and you yeah. see a silhouette a lot. And um, all he's really trying to do is be like, stop running around, you fucking idiots. Yeah. And it was, I'll say though, it was the kind of thing though where I was expecting that he was not going to be the main antagonist. Yeah. Because it, he's like the scary old guy at the beginning of, like, let's let's use Cabin in the Woods. He's the guy at the gas station. He's just like, oh, don't go up there; it's dangerous. Yeah, you know. And we hadn't had one of those yet, so it seemed like okay. But yeah, and then that it's it's like apparently there's like a, almost like a saw sequence at one point. Yeah. 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 There's a couple. There's a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Two. Gotcha. Yeah, I wasn't sure if some of them were like variations depending on choices that people had made because I'd seen I'd seen a few isolated from each other. Right. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, like you said, there's there's this kind of supernatural element, and then not so much, and then yes again. So, did you all feel like that that kind of storytelling worked well? I know that was something that was pretty pretty divisive in a lot of the reviews. Like this game reviewed really well overall. But it really came down to the big difference between the given reviews was the story was good and engaging or the story was not very good. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter because the ambiance and the scares were great. I thought it was good and engaging. Yeah, I don't know. I liked – like I was disappointed specifically with the psychiatrist and and with that kind of stuff. But the you know sort of jumping around – bait and switchy kind of stuff where like they thought it was supernatural, but it actually wasn't, but wait, it actually is like, that didn't bother me. Mm. Um, I thought it just sort of, it changed the stakes for the, you know, the people, the characters at any given moment. And that was fun. Yeah. I mean, and definitely there's some red herrings as to like what's going on really. And that's fine. I just thought it was like a little bit too, too many, like a little bit too much. Like it could be like, it's trying to hit too many bases. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they had just, like, gotten rid of, like, one of the things that it was pretending like it could be, it might be a little bit, I don't know. Also, I I, I might have just been a little bit disappointed in the Wendigo being a, the monster. I'm not crazy about Wendigo stories. It's fair. Um, I think it's kind of, they probably chose that because it's something that hasn't been done as much as the other traditional monsters. Like, it's a ghost. It's zombies. It's, you know, a werewolf. It's a psychopath. You know, like... Yeah, in terms of something that's, like, been in a video game as a horror antagonist, I don't think Wendigo has ever. And in modern pop culture, outside of, like, the TV show Supernatural, (laughs) I I don't think... I was thinking about that episode. Yeah, I don't think a Wendigo has been in anything Uh, in my memory. So, yeah, that's why I did like it. But I don't have that much exposure to Wendigo stories in general because they're not in our pop media yeah it's i don't know overall again even though like i'm talking about some of the negative stuff i did really like the game i think i don't know it was just a lot of fun and it was very genre look on james's face right now you're crazy people (laughs) (laughs) and yeah it is weird because like i can't play through i couldn't i got through like five seconds of amnesia um yeah i mean i'm thinking about some of the other kind of horror games that have come out recently 
and this is probably I mean it's definitely one of my favorites, if not my favorite from like the last couple of years. I don't know, there's something yeah, special about this one. Again, I'm trying to figure out what exactly it is. I think part of it is that it is based on these characters. You know, it's like all about these eight characters. So many horror games um, are you're just really this one person. You interact with other people, but in this if case, you even playing, interact with other people, that's like most yeah. of about being you alone against whatever supernatural horrific yeah, like, forces like what you're Colot. up against. Colot came out. I think that was recently, like a few months ago, which is like it places you on like a Russian mountain side alone in the snow with like orange things trying to kill you. <laughs> that's, that's my description of that game it's like traffic codes yeah, traffic codes coming after you um, and I don't know I guess I'll, the other thing I liked about Until Dawn is that this isn't, this isn't really a depressing game like so many horror games have to do with like tragedies and are really depressing also like there's like the psychological thing that's going on Yeah. and while this does have like death in it and stuff it's still I don't know it's not like forcing you to like think about the meaning of life or the futility of like our existence, which I feel like so many horror games are kind of trying to make you do, like yeah. they're trying to make you feel like shit. They're trying to make you feel awful. This game didn't. I don't know. I didn't feel as lonely in this one as I did, as I do in most other horror games. Maybe because there are so many characters and they like they do talk to you slash themselves mm-hmm. when you're playing with just one person there, and so much of the time you're with at least one other person. Yeah, I I didn't get very far. I mean, they they wasted no time splitting up in a scary situation. <laughs> but yeah, it certainly seemed like the idea was to try and have multiple characters together at any given time so that you had someone to to react to. Like even when I accidentally was, you know, kind of encouraging this other character to go on into the scary minds alone. <laughs> um it that that entire situation just ends with you jump down and you get into the mines with her, um, which makes sense. Uh, but it seemed like, yeah, there was definitely this goal of trying to keep the characters together and not having it be that super lonely experience. And it's more about you're scared because something can happen to your character or something can happen to the other character and they have someone to interact with, but... I don't know if that was something that continued super far into the game or pretty much the whole game. Interesting. Yeah. And it kind of changes the time, the dynamic of like how you experience horror. Yeah. In comparison to the games that have popularized it lately. That's cool. Yeah. I also like the variety of locations in this. Like you have the cabin, the inside of the cabin, you have kind of like the surrounding snowy mountainside area. Cause it takes place in Canada, like Northern Canada. And um, and then you have like the mines. I, some, there's mines are scary. I don't. Mines really scare me. I don't know. I've never been a miner. I have no reason <laughs> to be afraid of mines except for that they're like these dark, scary, abandoned pits in the earth that you can never climb out of. Um, and then there's like the sanitarium, the abandoned hospital thing, um, and other. There's another place in there, and I'm totally forgetting about it. Well, there's like caves in general, right? Yeah, yeah. There's like the caves connecting the the mine and the, yeah. I mean, the mines themselves yeah. sort of serve as like a series of tunnels connecting the sanitarium and the the cabin. And then there's like this underground place in the house, it's like under the house that connect. Yeah, that connects to the sanitarium, right? Yeah. And I guess it's not actually the mines; it's its own tunnel. 
yeah, there's like this underground place that you find out like Josh has been hanging out and while well, he sets up his little weird experiment on his friends. Yeah. And I, I like that variety. And they just kind of show it. They hint at it during that opening sequence with the song. And it's like have like a very like cinematic title kind of scene. Yeah, it was yeah. very, very, almost like out of seven, you know, with just kind of, yeah. like, you've got the creepy music and just like important, just like pictures of scenes from later in the movie. I mean, you know, more than seven has done that, but seven makes it famous <laughs> for it. Uh, that does remind me of a jump scare that they, so one thing about this game that I love, just like a little minor feature, is that there's a bunch of jump scares. And if you have a PlayStation camera hooked up to your PS4, it will record you while you're playing and when these jump scare moments – like, it'll kick on when these moments are approaching and record you reacting to the scare. And then back in the game's menu, you can go back and replay them and it'll show you, like, what's happening in the game and what the camera's recording. And, like, you can go back and watch your reactions. Very glad I played this game with about 14 other people around me. I played it alone. <laughs> uh, so, no, my mom, my mom came in, and my mom and my aunt both came in at different times, and they were really interested in it, just like watching it as a narrative experience. Uh-huh. I'm so glad I didn't play this. <laughs> <laughs> I got creeped out by being in a mine. That was it. <laughs> the mine, yeah, the mine was freaky. Mine was pretty bad. Mines uh, are terrifying. So yeah, pretty scary game at moments. I really hope that they – I mean, we we know that they're working on more games. Yes. And I know that this game has been very much kind of like a surprise hit. Um, yeah. There was very little buzz – well, there was buzz, but there wasn't a lot of, like, advertising muscle behind it when it yeah, came the out. Pre- yeah, it wasn't it very well marketed. big press push or anything like that. Yeah. And I know that it's really performed very well. And it was the kind of thing where the, I think there was just enough – buzz otherwise or it was just something kind of unorthodox i also feel like this is like an eminently streamable game which is a very big deal in the modern market yeah yeah actually i think that that's that's a great point that i hadn't thought about but just yeah making a game that can be streamed is that's huge because that's how you really get a lot of people to play it you know i know that markiplier has like played through it has it on his channel and stuff. I'm sure, like a bunch of other people do. I'm sure PewDiePie's played it at this point. Probably. I, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. But yeah, um, but I know that it was it was very much a surprise for for Sony, the publisher, um, that this did as well as it did. And I know that they're thrilled about that. And I know that the uh, oh, we talked about this. The developer, super massive. Yes. Okay. Not super giant. Very different studio. Um, <laughs> Or it is super giant and it's not super massive and it's a very different studio. One of those. <laughs> um, but has been really thrilled that people liked it, obviously, but that they've, they've said that they're working on future games um, and that they're interested in exploring horror more. They're interested in exploring things that maybe aren't horror. Um, but they have said that it would be difficult to do a really, like a straight sequel. Because everyone might be dead. Yeah, and that, you know, say, the people alive at the end of your playthrough are different than the people alive at the end of Justin's playthrough. And as much as games like to talk about doing this, no one does a really good job of, we're going to take your old save file and, like, continue from that. You know, it's always just, we're going to take the gist of your old save file and continue from that. Yeah, nobody does this quite like Bioware. Yeah, and even Bioware is really smart about it, because you're not the same character a lot of the time. Um, I mean, even in Mass Effect, you keep... A lot of stuff. 
That's probably the best example. Yeah, but, it's the only one yeah. where it's like really pulled off. Like yeah. they pulled like seven hundred and twenty individual data points from Mass Effect one to two, which is nuts. But so you know things like that, and that can be really difficult, especially when just like a certain character not there at all. Um, but so they've been talking about doing future stuff, and I guess this is just me because I, like I said at the beginning, I really want to like this game, right? So I really hope that they do something that's more atmospheric and less jumpy. Because I would love to play through one of their games from beginning to the end, because I get the impression that they're really good at this. Yeah, well, it's, I really like the mystery solving aspect, and so I, like, I would love for them to do like a their own take on like LA Noir, mm-hmm. right? And just do like a noir mystery kind of game where you play like a PI, and uh, it would be so much fun. Yeah. How about you, Cleo? What what kind of game would you like to see in this style? I mean. I, would, I heard, I think I heard that they might do DLC for this, though I don't know how that would work mm. again. Maybe, I don't know, yeah, how that would function. They could probably tell, tell like, the backstory. They could flesh out the backstory stuff, like any of the mysteries in the game that aren't the sisters. Yeah. I would personally love for them to do another horror game that plays with that kind of, like, psychological aspect that I thought they were going to play with at first that they didn't, was, mm. like, the Dr. Hill stuff. Yeah. Like, I would love for them to do something meta and a little crazy like that. Although I feel like they probably won't. Um, how cool would it be, though? But, yeah, like, any kind of mystery. Because so much of this was, the game did change based on how many of the clues you did pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, people would say different things. would be like, oh, my God, like, I think Josh is up to something. First time around, they were like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, having, like a like, a murder mystery type thing or... I don't know, maybe doing Heavy Rain in a way that was not like how Heavy Rain did Heavy Rain. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just really enjoy it until dawn, so I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy whatever they make next. Yeah. I, it would be really cool to see them just be like like an in-house just horror studio, you know? Just, yeah, that'd be cool. They like could be like Blumhouse for, uh, for video games. Yeah, yeah exactly. But... Although yeah. Frictional might already have that title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I I wonder if they did something with more of like the the Dr. Hill stuff, except in the next game if it does matter a lot and everyone just assumes that, that mm. it doesn't because it didn't in this one. Oh, could you imagine if they're setting up for that? that they're great. like already ready to do it and they're like, wait, no, 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 no. Everybody who plays until dawn is gonna get this, this red herring. It's not gonna matter, and then they're gonna it's gonna come up in the next game, and they're gonna be like, yeah, that doesn't none of that matters. And then like their worst fears are gonna be used to exploit them. What if they just used the data from that? And they're like, a lot of people are scared of just a scarecrow sitting out in a field. So our next game is gonna be like at a fall scarecrow. And <laughs> do like jeepers creepers. Uh, that'd be awesome. I just remember doing that, and like I got like a few questions in, and I just turned to I turned to my girlfriend who was kind of playing it with me. And I'm just like, wait, should I be lying here? <laughs> the, the answer was yes. It's just like, yeah. It's like, oh, which of these is scarier? It's like a scarecrow or like a friendly dog? I was like, should I say the friendly dog? <laughs> but what if they then take things that you love and use them against you? I don't know. But it's just, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. But see, I wouldn't like, really care. Is it a scarecrow later. or Cujo? <laughs> I know I wasn't a, I wasn't a scared. I just said I wasn't scared of the dog, or the wolf at all. Yeah. So it was, I, I knew like 
maybe this thing is going to, like, eat my face if I go up and pet it. But that's exactly what I made Mike do. Yeah. Oh, also, Justin, I noticed that you uh, you were quick to amputate that hand, those fingers. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I did not. I was like, no. No, nah, <laughs> I investigate everything. It's like, oh, this looks cool. Oh, God, no, why? Yeah, no, no. I definitely, I just, like, kept prying it open until I lost the machete because it broke. But yeah, every, I, everybody. I kept the digits. I kept the digits. <laughs> everybody in the room was like, come on. How are you going to lose your fingers? I was like, listen, I I don't have I don't have many options. <laughs> I need this machete and and I'm stuck in a bear trap, so off go three of my fingers. Also, just like why the fuck is that there? Like who put that there? The Wendigo didn't put that there. No, that was just Josh. That has to have been Josh. Or maybe it was uh maybe it was Wendigo hunter. hunter guy, yeah. He was hoping he, was he would trap like, a Wendigo. Well, <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah, actually that makes sense. Well, so, yeah, I mean, it sounds like everyone was positive about this. Yeah, this game I, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that it's done as well as it has. I'm also, I, I'll say this, I'm happy I paid $60 for the, uh, you know, <laughs> the brief experience. I played. Um, yeah, it definitely has its rough edges. Uh, I'm very, but it's very good, and I'm very glad that it did well and that they're going to be working on future games because those games are going to have smoother edges. Can they do Silent Hills? Oh. <sighs> no. I mean... Momo's silence. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure to tune in next month for Danganronpa, Trigger Happy Havoc. Um, till then, thank you very much. 